and welcome to Plus One to Gaming. I'm Chris. And I'm Eric. I'm Billy. And I'm Mark. And we are jumping into a new campaign written by our table mate, Billy. Bill, do you want to uh, take the reins and run us through the name of this campaign and take us on to a uh, zero session? The name of the campaign is yet undefined. I haven't decided what I'm going to name this campaign because I don't want to give away too much. Um, way too long of a title, man. Yeah. That so is the title of the campaign? Billy's unnamed campaign one. Uh, that would be the official <laughs> title until I until we're... Buck one. Yeah, book one. I'm um, going to need the title at some point because I have to create the thumbnails and posts for all this oh, shit. Yeah, no, the, the, the adventure <laughs> has, a, has a name. Uh, it's great. It's uh, Greystock's Notes is the name. It's just like it was on Roll20. Yeah. Um, the overarching story doesn't have a name yet. Okay, okay. so let's let's take a pause here. Yeah. Yeah. This chapter is Greystock's Notes. Yeah. Correct. Do you, um, so, Billy, do you want let, to let's, let's take this moment to kind of shift and uh, reflect on or highlight rather what we're actually doing because we've been playing these one shots from Candlekeep Mysteries for four sessions and we're going to change gears to do a longer term campaign that's going to pervade for you know much longer than what we've been doing um, so that's one thing that's going to be different but I think also these are going to be uh, custom written campaigns also we have you know we're going to play around with bringing in some uh, some other DMs so that Billy can jump in on the action as well um, but yeah this whole like arc basically is going to be of your machination. Is that right, Billy? Correct. Yes. All right. So lead us into Greystock's notes then. All right. So um, I'll I'll lay down the setting. So the setting is also homebrew. It it takes place in a very large city called Harberton, where the, the city is divided up into literal tiers as it is located on the side of a cliff. Um, with the wharf and uh, being at the level of the of the sea, uh, where the poor people are, you have the. Give me a second. I got to bring up my notes. I want to make sure I get the name right. Greystock's notes. Uh, uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised if the title of that document is Billy's notes on Greystock's notes. Harberton is split up into four quarters. You have. The, the lowest quarter, the lowest tier is called the wharf. It includes the harbor um, and more of the industrial area and also where the, the poorest people live. Above the, the wharf is the flats quarter, which is the same level as the flats, which are the long, uh, wide expanse of farming. Uh, that's just the general terrain of the, um, of the world is the flat quarter that's a commercial district that's where the middle class citizens um live as well you have the plateau quarter which is above the flat quarter that's where your manses are your manors your rich people live that's also where the temples all the temples for the various gods are that's on the same level of a a jungly plateau that is above the flats uh surrounded by cliffs on all sides and then at the very top you have the pinnacle, which is where the the castle and the keep are. So that just gives you kind of a, a general idea and a map. I can post this map to the website so you can kind of see where everything is. That's the city overview. So it, it is a the Forgotten Realms-ish area. It doesn't take place in any particular Forgotten Realms 
area, but we follow the Forgotten Realms rules in this. So uh, magic is common. So is all the general races of Forgotten Realms are, are in existence and are in proportion to what they normally are. So, so that is the base of, of kind of the setting. The party has been asked to meet with their um, Adventurers Guild representative, which we will meet in our next session. Hopefully everybody remembers who he is, and we will go from there. Uh, you are an adventuring party, or a newly formed adventuring party that is being asked to work for the Adventurers Guild, which is a, an actual physical organized guild in the city that does contract work. And so quick uh, update for just like folks listening at home. This is a, a revisitation of a campaign we played. Golly, I think at the beginning of COVID, right? Like the beginning Maybe even of- before that. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, it was so. Uh, we we played through it. We we weren't doing this podcast at the time. We didn't record it, but where we left that campaign just set us up for a nice new um, expansive universe adventure type of thing. We wanted to revisit that campaign. It's been so long, so we actually are replaying this um, for the second time for the first second time ever. But that's kind of the uh, another interesting twist on this um, is kind of revisiting a campaign in that in that way, which I don't think we've ever done before. Yeah, we haven't, and it's it's going to be interesting because it has been long enough that I don't remember everything. And Bill basically got to like he got to run it already once, so now he can change some things that he didn't like, beef up things he did. So like it's going to be, I assume, probably new and improved. And I don't remember anything, so it it it's going to be very close to playing it for the first time. Yeah, I'm excited too because like I feel like even just the time between then and now, all of us have learned a lot and grown a lot. Uh, I'm I'm interested in kind of tweaking things about my character and experimenting with new things. Um, the other thing I'm really excited about too this adventure, um, since we've been playing you know Wizards books uh, in the past, we'll be posting everything we can about this adventure on our website plus one to gaming dot com, so that. If you want, you can jump in and run this adventure on your own, uh, which would be amazing. We'd love to hear how that experience goes for you. Yeah, and it's really, we're really lucky because Bill is an engineer, so he, like, builds great maps in, like, AutoCAD. (laughs) Um, So it's not, like, I something I would draw out in MS Paint and have in the past. He actually has, like, a very detailed, very... Um, like fleshed out world, which is really cool. Billy takes- goes deep on everything he does. So I like his worlds do have a lot of richness and texture and, and lore. So uh, I'm, I'm stoked to dig into that. I'm, ex- I'm Lord wizard claws is probably going to have to test the structural integrity of some things. Cause I do Billy has that shit calculated. <laughs> Not okay. Yeah. So are we, um, I mean, I know the answer to this, I think, but we're just going to, come back in same characters um and everything is that your intent billy that is completely up to you you're you can bring the characters i loved the characters uh they were some of the best characters i think i've ever played with um so i really hope that they do come back um once again you've played with them so maybe you can fine tune them Uh, and if you absolutely hated them you can always come back with the new character but 
my hoping is that I get to see them again because they were fun. Yeah, cool. I'm keeping mine. I may change his name now that we're putting stuff out on the internet. I don't want to get a cease and desist. Um, <laughs> but other than that, and Big Pharma is no- looking looking for you. Yeah, oh, Zizel. Zizel is gonna get you. It's an owl. <laughs> See, <laughs> you start you seeing you it in your dreams. Everybody. So his original is not an owlkin, yeah. like you might think. Um, I I have a habit of naming all of my characters after prescription drugs because I think that they their names are ridiculous and they fit really well in like fantasy worlds. Um, so his name was Zizel Pinlack, um, which are both drugs. But I, I might change that. I also do not have his character sheet anymore. I've been looking for it forever. So he well, I have it. You have it? Okay. I was thinking about changing his... So I guess I'll... For people who don't know. Um, Zizel Pinlack is a goblin bard. But he is not a singing bard. He is a stand-up comedian. So that's <laughs> like the the very high overview of him. Um, I had a very hard time picking what like college of Bard he went to. Um, so I may change that a little bit. Thank you, Bill, for sending me that. Um, but other than that, and trying to rediscover his voice, because I don't know if I can hit it exactly the same, because we don't have anything recorded on it. Um, I'm going to keep him pretty close, because he, he is one of the, my favorite characters I've ever played. Yeah, and likewise, I played a um, awakened cat, which is a homebrew race, uh, magical cat wizard named Lord Wizard Claws. The, some limitations, aside from being a cat, playing this character, I kind of embraced some of Billy's approaches of like not necessarily an optimized. Thank you, Billy, for posting that. Uh, really, just like delivering on all the character sheets as we talk yeah. about them. Um, but uh, Billy always has. Um, impressed me and one thing i learned from him is like creating characters around themes and not necessarily like min maxing them or completely optimizing them so lord wizard claws is predominantly a transmutation wizard just like by you know virtue of his story um so his spell list is focused around that which forces me to use spells that you know normally i wouldn't pick for for a wizard so it's it was fun to play with that and i'm really excited to revisit and re-explore a lot of that and kind of explore and play with options that I didn't get to before. So I'm, I'm, (laughs) first of all, I'm dying because this is, I'm realizing how funny this is. Um, my character, I tried so hard on, um, I'm going to change some stuff, especially the story. I feel like there's, I wrote a whole lot and I want it. Maybe Bill, we can talk about making some of it like a mystery that only we know or something because that could be fun yeah but um man if you're talking about a funny group you guys and then absolute straight man over here umren who is a monk and has this tragic backstory of like rejection and soul searching somehow has ended up hanging out with a stand-up comedian and strange sentient magic cat i loved it yeah yeah he's for sure the oscar to your dwight and uh and stanley for sure and that was entirely created like in a vacuum these characters you know like we did our normal thing if i remember and didn't really plan anything party wise or makeup or anything but that to me is just so funny and indicative of where we were all at in our D journeys 
when we began this game. I even gave him a GD like uh, plague doctor mask, which is so very much like early creating a D&D character. I feel like <laughs> like I have to change these, that. Here's the thing. You have to go through these phases. You have to. And you, you have to do the cliches. You have there's to. There's no way through it. And same around thing, it. You have well, to go through it. Same thing like we did an episode about um, a review on A Deep Can Be Darkness. You talked about some things, you know, that you just like, you got to go through those things and you got to, and then you move past it. Like the, over, the preparing a ton of characters and like part and like, you know, richness for the world, like, and then you don't use any of it. You have to do that. You have to go through it once at least. Yeah. And um, you have to have a character with a plague doctor mask and daddy issues. You do. It is a must. Yes. And it'll be fun to like revisit some of these characters based off of that, like two and a half year, maybe more, uh, period of when we played this to like okay now now like reflecting on our younger versions uh how do we a adapt these maybe to our play styles now so it'll be interesting to see how these characters evolve yeah i'm excited to, to get the gang back together circling back to the this zero session i want to ask bill is there anything else we need to do to prep our characters can you remind us um, we've got our character sheets here but in terms of uh, from the last game Anything in, like magic items or restrictions on um, just like as we refresh our character sheets? Um, no, but I just I did want to go over um, the just remind everybody the rules that I use. Yeah, let's do that. Um, and so, uh, I mean, this is a an adventure for the level five characters. So um, I would just no restrictions uh, if you wanted to use feats instead of uh points that's 100 fine i think feats are fun um so that and any way to make a legal uh D, D character like even homebrew or whatever it just if it's something that you think may be a little bit weird just let me know and, and we'll work it out but uh i am very much open because i can always just adjust it on the fly if i think something's too hard or too soft um but i I do think that we could use, um, you can use magic items. Uh, I'm going to go with a dollar amount instead of just any, um, th the quality of the magic item, just because, uh, as we can tell by, uh, unlimited flying boots, the, um, those are broke. Yeah. The, <laughs> I didn't use them on purpose a bunch of times. Cause I'm like, well, this isn't, this isn't going to be fun. Yeah. You didn't yeah. abuse it. I guess you could have slam you against now. that wall with that wind so hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna develop uh, a I, I think you, there's ways on there to figure out how much money a level five character could have, and then just if you wanted to have two lower level magic items or one better one, it is up to you. Um, cool. Just I mean we're so, gonna be just, available, so you don't so have just to just roll and buy out of the table. You mean? So he'll he'll tell us that you know like you have five hundred gold or whatever, and there's a table of magic items, and they have their values. So right. I want to buy just... one five hundred gold sword or two two hundred fifty gold thing, you know, whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. So that that I think that makes it even. They we just assume that everybody has the same starting gold. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so yeah, because yeah. there is a table to like roll based on class 
Um, or you could just give us a flat. I asked because Monk, I know, has the worst role for gold. Yeah, he's like the worst class in Oregon Trail. Uh, he- hello, metagaming in zero session. <laughs> Which yeah, is fine. Which is totally fine. I mean, I know that that's how it is, but I would assume at this point you guys are um, successful adventurers. I mean, you're level five, so you're moderately successful, or you've done some things. So I, I'm not going to make you like like level one. I agree that everybody starts out something different, just because if you're highborn or if you're poor, you're going to start out with different things. But after that, the it's your adventuring itself is kind of the great equalizer that. Yeah. I believe everything should be split multiple ways. So, so I, found, I found something that says this does not include magic items. The approximate wealth in gold, blah, 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 is around 700 gold, 650 to 700. Does that feel right? That sounds right. Yeah. Gold is such an amorphous value. Like, yeah, it really depends on the adventure, but that's fine. We'll make it work. So, Bill, what I would say then is if you're going to give us 700 gold, look at that thing. And if stuff that's 700 gold is way too powerful, be like, okay, never mind. You are not as successful. You get 400 gold. Or yeah, let me, let me look at that. That's why I have a set amount. I haven't developed that yet, but I'll, I'll work with you. But that's how I, that's how I do higher level characters. Um, uh, and then if you bring in new characters, um, I'm, uh, I'm letting you know that I don't... Um, I don't kill off characters purposefully, but I don't hold punches. If, if something's going to be a killing blow and the monster does roll successfully, um, I don't, you know, I, I play by the rules. Your character would be dead, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I'm not the McElroy's where everybody knows no one's going to die. Heard my um, bucket, I'm out. Heard. No, I mean, they're awesome, but, like, you know, they're never in actual any real danger. That's, that's fine. That's one of the things I'm excited about doing not yeah. just a one-shot thing because i've never really had to worry all that much about a character yeah. or grow attached to them yeah if you have to heroically sacrifice yourself at a one-shot who cares right, right. it's just like yeah. fun yeah. at that point it's cool so that's i'm just letting you know that 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 is the 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 threat of death is not it's not going to be over you all the time but it is real uh i you know we're not i think taking that out especially for extended campaigns and it makes you feel that like your choices don't really matter. Cause it's all going to wind out at the, uh, you know, it's all going to turn out correctly at the end. Well, and um, if we encounter it, it actually makes the story better because then you got to also deal with that, you know, and introduce a new character. So new opportunities. Death is awesome. I like death. I don't hope nobody does, but <laughs> if it does, I can see the positives on it. Um, uh, for as in specific rules, uh, I do flanking as, um, rules i know that that's not always but flanking for me just makes 100 sense and what is flanking if you're on opposite side of a monster you have advantage no matter what your class or anything like that because then he's trying to pay attention to two things at once unless he has two heads or something like that i like guess like within reason most monsters would have advantage that's a alternate rule uh that i've continued on since like 3.5 and, and that's and that goes both ways for both like monsters attacking the party and the party attacking monsters correct um it just adds a little bit of extra um fun uh, when you are moving in combat it just adds one extra thing to to think about moving around monsters not just being within range now uh do you do if 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 a monster is flanked like a pincher maneuver 
do they have disadvantage on any attacks? No, no, just on getting attacked because they can. You can still focus one hundred percent on the guy in front of you um, for your attack, but you're just you can't focus on getting attacked from both of them at the same time. Cool, awesome. Thanks for fleshing that out. Yeah. Uh, any other last thoughts or um, rules, amendums, appendices before we wrap this zero session up? I think that's it. Those are the specific rules. Uh, you have the setting, um, the expectations of what we're going to do. Uh, I believe we covered all the zero session items, unless anybody can think of something else. I have one question. When it comes to kind of baseline realism, how much do you intend to do things like really basic, like cost of living? Do I need to worry about not purchasing so much gear because I'll need food. I know you don't do encumbrance and that kind of annoying stuff, but just kind of quality of life stuff, anything we should look out for? No, I don't. Uh, that slogs it down. Um, I don't do, um, unless it's like actively important to the story, um, I don't do any of that. I also don't keep track of encumbrance as long like if it's just something too big that you guys can reasonably not carry. Um, I will either say you can't carry it or you can, but you can't do, you know, you can't attack. It's item by item. Uh, I don't keep track of ammo. Uh, you can, if you want to, um, I don't, once you're at a higher level, ammo is cheap. Um, and with, when you're not covering for uh, encumbrance, I just, I think it's silly to try to keep track. Oh, I only have 22 arrows left. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's fun. Yeah. Unless it's yeah. like magic plus one ammo. Um, yeah, exactly. I got these ten fingers. I know right where they are all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Monk life. I got one thing. I did want to cover is sort of the um, play style of the campaign. I guess because like we do, we I know we focus on like we emphasize role playing and storytelling, but I think like traditionally we're just we are playing D and D, and those things happen. Uh, I just want to kind of get everybody on the same page there in terms of like our our preference or approach there just like defining it and shedding some light on it or does that just sound in line with like what we do i think we've we're in a general agreement of, of what we do i we are definitely role play heavy um i i you've heard my um my misgivings about random encounters that don't add to the story um so it will not be you know combat heavy where you're just hopping from encounter to encounter and everything in between is just bullshit. Um, but you know, combat will be involved. Yeah. I guess like we're going to be ex doing a lot of exploration and kind of putting things together and also bouncing off each other and kind of exploring each other's characters a lot along the way. And then, you know, those those typical D and D things happen will be happening alongside that stuff as we drive the, the game forward. So just kind of like to set that expectation for the listeners too of like how we play and, and what that looks like. Cool, that wraps up our Zero session for Greystock's Notes, the first part of our upcoming long-term campaign. Join us next week as we dive a little bit deeper into the characters of the party as we make adjustments and flesh out their backstories. Head over to plus1togaming.com for our other live plays, discussions, DM resources, and character building tips. You can also tune in to our live stream every Sunday as we record each episode at twitch.tv slash plus one to gaming. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.